Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the final word. Good evening, I'm Albie Oxenrider, and welcome to The Final Word, the show that invites you into the conversation. You can get your opinion on TV right here every Sunday night, and as you know, we are, in no particular order, award-winning, dangerously insightful, and highly rated. And let's get started by introducing you to the panelists for tonight. Please welcome former Pitt and NFL player, Doran Dickerson. Welcome back, Doran. Albie, <laughs> I mean, do I really have to say anything right now? I mean, no. just ugly, your, ugly, ugly, ugly. Your expression says it all. Thank you that, for that. From the Trib, uh, Steelers radio host as well. Welcome back, Tim Benz. Albie, big news last week. The USFL is coming back, and so are the Pittsburgh Maulers, and I think that's great. I can't wait until we have a professional football team back in Pittsburgh again. Does Cliff Stout still play for them? <laughs> From our partner, DKPittsburghSports.com, it's Chris Carter. Three years ago, if, you, if, you, if I had told you that, that Pitt football would have the best chance to win a championship in 2021, you would have said I would be drunk. But I wouldn't be drunk as Steelers fans have to be tonight. All right, some of the topics we're talking about tonight. We're looking for five words on today's game. How will the Steelers finish their schedule? What would a win on Saturday do for the Pitt football program, short and long term? What's your outlook for Kenny Pickett in the NFL? Plus, of course, your final word. But first, the night's big topic. What's more concerning if you have to pick one, the Steelers offense or the Steelers defense, Doran? I have to go with the offense. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, two interceptions today. He had some garbage yards at the end of the game that made his stats look a little bit better. Uh, two fumbles, one loss. Uh, Najee Harris had 23 yards rushing. I mean, this offense just looked out of sync. It didn't look like they were cohesive together. They looked like they didn't even want to be there. We talk about effort on the other side of the ball with Devin Bush. The effort on the offensive side of the ball for the Pittsburgh Steelers was trash today. Uh, I, that's very, very concerning, the fact that they have six games left, and that's the product they put out there today. It, it was just awful. Tim? Well, actually, Alvy, I have to correct you. Cliff Stout played for the Birmingham Stallions. He came to yes, Pittsburgh and correct. threw snowballs at him. Yes, remember you're that? Correct. Um, when they played the Maulers. Now, I will say this if Cliff Stout was on the Steelers roster right now, he might be their best player. Period. That's how bad it looks right now. And I'm, I'm more concerned about the defense because for how many weeks do we talk ourselves into saying the defense has to be what makes up for the offense's shortcomings? Well, the offense has grown a little, or at least it looked like it was doing that. Then it has regressed in recent weeks, and now the defense just keeps getting worse. I believe, Alvy, this is the sixth week in seven where the Steelers have allowed more than five yards per carry and seven of eight where they've allowed over 100 yards rushing. They're like in the bottom five now, I think, when it comes to rush defense. That's how bad it's gotten. Well, their problems are many, and they are great. 
to quote Cliff Stout's former coach. Chris, <laughs> Chris, you're next. I have to agree with Tim. It's the defense. You know, and Doran's right. You know, the effort effort's a big problem on offense, and there's things there. But like Tim said, we, we knew the offensive line was going to have its ups and downs and be a roller coaster. Now, you would hope that Ben Roethlisberger would ease things out there, and he didn't do a good job of that at all, at all today. Uh, but the bottom line is the Steelers' defense has to be able to stop the run. It's okay. You know, if, if Joe Burrow had just thrown some amazing passes and Jamar Chase was making one-handed catches, that might be different. You're like, you know what? Okay, Joe Hayden wasn't there. They took a – but they ran down their throats. Now, granted, yes, the Steelers' defensive line is banged up, uh, you know, beyond all recognition. And, but this is just – this has to change. This has to change. If they, like Cam Hayward said it after the game, if things don't shape up on defense, they won't win another game, and that's the bottom line right now. Chris, they scored 37 points last week, and then they go out there and they score a garbage touchdown at the end of the game to try to pad stats. You're not worried about the offense? I am worried about the offense, but long-term, here's here's what – we knew this offense was struggle. We, but you look, Najee Harris, when given the right opportunities, can be a playmaker. Pat Frymouth can be a playmaker. There's, there's, a, there's a chance there. Hey, next year, you go get a quarterback that won't put you behind the eight ball like Ben did today, and maybe you invest in the offensive line, and this, this group can come back. But if this defense next year can't stop the run, it won't matter. Yeah, and there's a lot of holes they're going to have to fill on defense. You know, they're going to have to replace Hayden probably. They have to decide yep. if they want to keep Minka Fitzpatrick. Who knows what's going to happen with Alu-Alu and Stephon Tuitt. And then the inside linebackers, you got to wonder what they're going to do there as well. Lots of questions moving forward beyond just quarterback on offense. All right, a reminder, keep those comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. Give us five words on today's game. Embarrassing changing of the guard thank you for that what did i just watch <laughs> and finally the standard isn't the standard now doran tim and chris five words on today doran buckle up it'll get worse uh this started last week i think the steelers uh, just got their soul taken away from them after the loss last week, last week against the Chargers. Coming back, fighting their you-know-what's off to get back into that game, and then they end up losing the game the way they did. Uh, I think their soul got taken away, and we saw it today. There was no soul there in Cincinnati. So now you look at the schedule. You have six games left, and look who's on the schedule. The hardest schedule in the NFL. The hardest schedule in the NFL. Buckle up. It'll get worse. It's going to get uglier, and the Steelers probably have no hope of salvaging this season. Tim, five words. The run defense is atrocious. Uh, that's as bad as I have seen in Pittsburgh in years. Um, I know we'll probably have to go back to like before Casey Hampton uh, to find run defense this bad for the Steelers. And I gave you some of the numbers earlier. It's not just tackling. I, I think we have maybe delved into the tackling as much as we can in recent weeks, but it's all three layers. It's holes getting ripped open in the defensive front so that running backs have a head of steam, time and space to move to elude tacklers because guys aren't getting off of blocks, so it's a three-layered thing. It's not tackling from the back seven. It's not getting off of blocks from the linebackers getting pushed off the ball up front. All right, Chris, five words. Worst loss of, of Tomlin's career. I look at this game and I see, man, normally in a game I go through and I analyze, like, okay, this was good, this was good, this was good. Throw all that out. None of that exists in, in this game. This is as bad as it gets. And right now there's not much hope it's going to turn around. All right, 82 points given up in two consecutive games. When Yikes. we come back. It felt like more. How will the Steelers finish their season based on the schedule? From Facebook, Kevin says, last in the division. Won't matter what their record is, except for drafting position. The panel, debate, the, the panel debates it, or the panel predates it. Next on The Final Word.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the final word. Welcome back. I'm Albie Oxenrider tonight with Doran Dickerson, Tim Benz, Chris Carter, and Chris. Steelers are 5 5 and 1. They have to play the Ravens twice <laughs> at the Vikings on a short week, Titans at home, at KC, and the Browns at home. So, how do they finish, Chris? I believe this is the third straight week that I've tweeted this after a Steelers game that this is going to be the biggest troll job of the year that they finish 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one, and Mike Tomlin keeps the non-losing streak record going. But that would be a stretch. They do have some tough games. But I, I also look at these games. The Titans aren't as good as, as, as they once were without Derrick Henry, uh, and that might be a game where the Steelers stand a chance because they won't be able to run the ball on them. Um, they could split with the Ravens. The Ravens have been very up and down this year, and I'm not sold on the Browns either. Those are games in the Vikings as well that maybe they can stand a chance. The Steelers did beat the Bills earlier this season. They can possibly eat games out, but, man, it's tough to see that right now. All right, back to Twitter. They're not going to win another game. Doran, you're next. Well, I was thinking one and five earlier, but I'm going to switch to two and four. I'm going to give them a, some leeway here. Uh, you know, the, I think the Tennessee Titans is a game that they can probably get, and I, they always seem to split with the Baltimore Ravens. So I think they go in there and they figure out a way to stop Lamar Jackson one time this year. But I'm going to go two and four. And, you know, obviously they go to Kansas City. They go to Minnesota on a Thursday night on a short week. So, you know, two more games for the Pittsburgh Steelers that they win this year. And, I mean, it's, it is what it is at this point, and just what the product that we saw today was just disgusting. All right, Tim. Well, Chris, 8-8-1 eight, eight has been my rallying cry <laughs> since August. I've been riding that train for months now. So uh, I, I was more happy than anybody to see the tie actually happen because it brought it into focus. Now I'm worried about them getting to the first eight. That's my biggest concern. Can they get to the eight? And like Doran, I'm thinking in the two to three win range, the Steelers always win a game or two that they're not supposed to win. Oftentimes it's when they look really bad and it looks like the Ravens have that game in their back pocket and they pull one out. Uh, I also like the call in Tennessee. That could be one. Let's see where the Browns are by the time they play them. But right now, if you had to put them on a gambling line against any other team that they've got left, I bet you they're an underdog in every one of those games. Yep. I wouldn't put money on them in any one of those games right now anyway. Chris, let me put you on the spot real fast. What record will they need to make the playoffs? Whew. They would need to be 9-7-1. I, I see the AFC beating up on itself a whole lot in, the, in, in this game, So, or in, this, in the rest of this season. So they could be 9-7-1 and, and make it in just because all the teams are just clumped together right now. All right. They'll have to win four to get there. So it's Pitt and Wake Forest for the ACC championship. Uh, that game is in Charlotte next Saturday night. Tim, what would a win on Saturday do for the Pitt program, short and long term? Uh, short term, bragging rights that they get a conference championship. Um, I don't think it is one that's held over their head because Clemson doesn't have to be good this year. I mean, some people are talking about, like, you know, it's an NBA championship in the years where Michael Jordan wasn't with the Bulls. I mean, I, I don't go that far with it but Sheesh. you know it's a championship it's something to, to brag about long term I think the next long term step for Pitt to stay where they are right now is to find another quarterback 
I mean, it took a while to find a guy, an experienced guy who's been around for a long time with talent like Kenny Pickett. That's the next thing for me. It's not like where do they go in the post-Kenny Pickett era. It's how do they get another guy like Pickett or at least close to him to sustain this uh, ability to stay competitive. All right. Uh, back to Twitter. Short term, a lot. Long term, and I'm not buying relevance. Uh, Chris, what do you think this will do for them short-term and long-term? You know, it's funny, Tim. You talked about getting the next Kenny Pickett. Uh, winning the ACC championship game might do that. We know the transfer portal is such a huge part of college sports. If, if Imagine you're a college quarterback with a, lot, with a big arm and a big name, and you're getting to choose your – and you see, whoa, Pitt? They have an offensive line. They have the Bolitnikoff Award winner, which should be Jordan Addison this year. They have a couple running backs and a defense that that'll like maybe get me the ball back a couple times. I could play there and maybe get into the ACC championship game and get me to the NFL. That's what the, the short term here is that you can get that. But for the long term, this is what the, their chance to have what their fifth 11, 11 win season in program history open up the door for their second 12, 12 win season in program history. You got to do this so you could start winning more recruiting battles and be the team that runs the ACC Coastal. They're the only team since they've joined the ACC to win it twice. Doran? Uh, short term, you know, it's just morale. Um, you know, for everything that Pitt has gone through in the last 40 years, I mean, this is the first 10-win regular season since 1981, so it's been 40 years since Pitt has won 10 games. So I think it would be a morale booster for Pitt to win this ACC, uh, ACC championship game in the short term. And in the long term, I agree with you guys. The transfer portal is, is, a, is a dangerous thing, and a guy like Spencer Rattler looks at this – Pitt offense, one of the best offenses in the country. It looks like a guy like Kenny Pickett is like, you know what, I can go here and flourish. So uh, long term, there's guys like that in recruiting that could help Pitt. All right, let's continue with the Pickett uh, story here. He, he has been really the story of the season for Pitt. Um, I know Jordan Addison is certainly having a great season as well, but uh, Pickett in the NFL, I mean, his odds for the Heisman increased to third, Doran. What's your outlook for Kenny Pickett in the NFL? I think that he's going to be a great NFL quarterback. He possesses every single trait that you want in a quarterback. He doesn't have the strongest arm, I get that, but he's accurate, he's efficient, uh, he can move, he can use his legs, he's smart, he's tough, uh, and he's a leader. You know, he's the guy that you want to run your team, run your offense. He's a guy that uh, can come in and learn an NFL offense real fast and be that guy to, to have everybody rely on. So I think Kenny Pickett will be a legit NFL quarterback. He'll be probably one of the first quarterbacks taken in the NFL draft, and I'm excited to see it. All right, from Facebook, Robert says, no one knows how he will perform unless he gets on a team that has a great offensive line and capable receivers and a good running game. Tim, what, what's your outlook for Pickett in the NFL? Well, if you look at all the mock drafts, and it's silly to call them mock drafts right now, they're essentially rankings of draft-eligible players as we know it to this point. He seems to be like in that 15 to 20 range. I think Kenny Pickett's going to be one of these guys going to get to the combine and the scouts and evaluators are going to be looking for specific things and if they see two to three things that they really like well he gets pushed up into the top five probably because he'll be a quarterback on the rise if they find a couple of things they don't like then he probably falls to like the very end of the first round or maybe early to mid of the second round like that's the sort of swing you see with quarterbacks that you don't necessarily see with other positions Chris Kenny Pickett might get hurt by the combine because he's not the tallest, he's not the fastest, and he doesn't have the, the biggest arm. But 
What I was talking about with Morgan Yurtso of the Insers podcast early today on Twitter was that Lewis Riddick, who's been a key evaluator of talent, called out Mac Jones as the best quarterback of the previous class. Why? Because of his accuracy and decision-making. And those are the departments where Kenny Pickett is elite in college football. And I, I've said it all year. He's the best decision-maker in college football right now, and he's able to put the ball in different parts of the field. He's a leader at all times on and off the field. Those are the things you need. I think that makes him a heck of a quarterback. Somebody needs to get him in the first and round. throwing on the run is a talent that he possesses as well. Throwing mm -hmm. with accuracy on the run is a talent he possesses. I think that's important. Look at Mac Jones. All right, Doran, Tim, Chris, thank you. When we come back around the horn on any topic, the final word is next. This is the final word. It's time now for the final word. Everybody gets a chance. Chris, what's on your mind? Well, you know, Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison have been stealing all the headlines this season because they're both up for big awards and having phenomenal years statistically. But this Pitt team is more than just their star power. They have the number six rushing defense in all of college football right now, and they just shut down the number one rushing offense in the ACC. They have the second most sacks in college football. The offensive line has dealt with several injuries, but keeps finding guys to fill, the, fill it back in. The receiving group has dealt with several injuries and found a way to fill back in. This is a good team and a good program right now with a good culture that is built to this pit to this point to get to 10 wins. That's what's to be celebrated, not just the star power of those guys, though they deserve their flowers. Doran, final word. Do you guys remember a couple months ago in the Olympics when Simone Biles was getting dinged for being too good and not, and they wanted to raise a, the playing field for the other gymnast? Well, that situation's happening with the Aliquippa quips, hmm. and they are getting uh, dinged for being too good. So now we're hearing that they may move up in a classification for being too good. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that you're punishing a school for being too good. A school that is a small school in the Whippeal. The small school. They should be playing single A, but you want to move up to 5A because the competition isn't enough for them. It's ridiculous. All right. Thank you for that, Tim. Final word. Pat Frymuth got dinged up at the end of the game, catching a touchdown pass. We'll see how he does this week in practice, if he's available next week for the Ravens game. What were the starters doing in there late in this one? Why was Ben Roethlisberger still in there throwing to Deontay Johnson? We saw Johnson in a similar situation get hurt at the end of the Raiders game in a, on a meaningless catch as players were coming on the field to shake hands at the end of the game, and then he wasn't available for the next week. T.J. Watt playing hurt was in at the very end. Yeah, I get it. You're making a statement. You're laying a foundation for the next game, et cetera, et cetera. I want Pat Fryermuth healthy. That's going to help me more than anything else. Did Tyler Boyd get in the Steelers' heads a little bit with that whole, hmm, maybe they quit at the end of the game comment? It makes me wonder. All right, thanks, everybody. I have a hunch how the final six will play out for the Steelers, but in this improbable season, who really knows? Is this the final six games of the Roethlisberger era? And if you're one of those fans wishing exactly that, then be careful what you're wishing for. Every career runs its course, and if this is it for Ben, then resist the temptation to say goodbye and instead savor all the good stuff. Two Super Bowls, 410 touchdown passes, and so much other great stuff. Remember the last guy uh, to replace a Hall of Fame quarterback. It took a long time. All right, I'm Albie Ostrider. See you next time.